Welcome. I'm Jack Constantine, an undergraduate student at The Ohio State University studying finance. In partnership with the Keenan Center for Entrepreneurship, this interview series will feature student ventures that competed and won Ohio State's first ever President's Buckeye Accelerator. Today's venture that I will be speaking with is Servus, and representing Servus today is Yasmin Quadri. So real quick, Yasmin, give us some context, a little bit about who you are. So tell us kind of your major, um, your reason for deciding OSU, and I know you're graduating now, and then kind of like what you're doing currently. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm Yasmin. Um, I did recently graduate with ABS in neuroscience, and I chose Ohio State. Um, it's a really interesting story. So I applied to the eminence program the night before the application was due. I didn't really think much about Ohio State. I had some friends that went there, but my heart was dead set on UC. Um, but I actually ended up getting into the eminence program. And for context, it's a program where when you get to Ohio State, um, you are met with 25 people in your cohort and you're tasked with creating a nonprofit in Columbus. And so it honestly, like retrospectively, was the best decision I ever made. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Um, I went to Ohio State, met a bunch of amazing people. And since then, after graduating, um, I have been doing research both at Stanford on mental health and then at UC on um, cancer and phase one oncology trials. And um, I'm hopefully pursuing medical school next year. That's, that's incredible. So uh, real quick, your ventures serve us. So you said you had prior experience in the nonprofit space. So like what drew you to decide that there was um, a greater issue with getting volunteers and, and having the ability to have accessibility to these nonprofit organizations? Like where did that passion come from just for nonprofits originally? Yeah. So growing up, um, I'm Muslim and one of our five pillars is zakat or a charity. And that was something that I just grew up doing a lot um, with my family. It was just really ingrained in me. And so um, as I progressed through high school, I was really involved with my Moss youth group. Um, I helped to run various service events um, and things like that. And so going to college, that was a major goal of mine. Um, it was the way that I was going to connect with Columbus, having moved there and not really exploring the city before. Um, but when I got to Columbus, I at the orienta orientation weekend, actually, and I was asking around to different students, you know, like, how do you volunteer? What organizations do you volunteer at? Things like that. A lot of the answers I was met with were like, oh, I've like asked friends about events and stuff and I just volunteer where they go. And I was kind of surprised. Um, the digital flagship initiative was something that was really heavily explained to us at orientation. And I thought there should be an app for this. So um, me and my mom, I remember in the orientation day weekend, we just sat in the garage um, of the union and we just like started talking about this and we came up with this idea for an app that would connect students to volunteer opportunities right when they got on campus, kind of like what I wanted when I was a freshman. So yeah, that's kind of where the idea originally stemmed from. Awesome. Then going from the original idea um, back when, was it when you were a freshman, you said you came up with the idea? Yeah, yeah. And so now bring us to the presidential Buckeye Accelerator. How did you first hear about it? How did you like find out about the opportunity and like, how did that come about? So um, I had a few friends who were in the startup space. Um, I actually, <laughs> this is funny. I put my hat in the ring two times, um, once with Servas and once with Grains, um, which was another um, 
company that I joined. Um, and so my friends from Grains, they'd heard about it and they were like, yeah, we're going to apply. Why don't you apply? Um, very similarly to Eminence, I applied the night before the application was due. So clearly there's some magic to that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I heard about it through word of mouth. And um, it was really a last shot for Servus. You know, we had been in existence for four years and the pandemic had really thrown our team off. You know, people weren't volunteering anymore and we had just recently launched a beta. So it was a difficult time for our team and we were coming out of a few losses. So this was my last shot before I graduated to try and see if Servus could make it through um, the pandemic and hopefully pivot and create something new. Let's talk about that that time during COVID because um, what a lot of founders, of course, go through immediately is they have problems, they have difficulties and things they go through. But yeah. even before coming to Boost Camp um, as a program itself, you were already in beta testing, working on your venture. So what was it like going through those hurdles and jumping through like that difficult time period as a founder? It was so difficult. Like I look back on that time and, you know, I think it's a time called the valley of death that most um, startups go through. You're taught that your first day in many accelerators, you know, so I was definitely going through that valley of death and I had a lot of self-doubt because when you're a founder, you really grow close to your idea. Um, And I didn't really know if the idea was strong enough to make it through. But I think what really, really helped me was my team. So I met Clayton and Danielle, they're my co-founders, at our first um, startup weekend in 2018, Techstars um, Columbus Startup Weekend, powered by Google. And they were amazing, just through the whole thing, you know, through failure and successes, they were there. Um, And I think during COVID, it was just a time with so much social movement and so much going on in the world. Um, it's kind of hard to focus on a venture when so much is going on in your own life, right? So we would call each other up during COVID. And even if Servus wasn't really doing anything, we just talk about what was going on um, and try to support each other through everything. And having a team that really believed in the mission and lived the mission in their day-to-day lives was so important because even if we are going through, you know, a drag period with the, with the um, app, that didn't really matter because we were there for each other. And, you know, the mission survived the pitfalls of maybe a beta test or a failed, you know, thought here and there. So, yeah. Now you mentioned that your team was truly what got you through that difficult time. Like how'd you know they were the right people to attack this kind of big issue with? Like, how'd you know, like Clayton and Danielle, like these are the two people I want to go through the fire. Um, How was that relationship kind of merged over time? Oh my gosh. Um, so the startup weekend, the first one we went to in 2018, we had a huge team and I love all of them to death. Um, like throughout the weekend, we all just like melded really well. Um, and that was like the comment that we got from most of the judges was, wow, like how did you guys manage this entire team? And you guys look amazing and things like that. Right. Um, and coming out of that weekend, you know, people left um, to do their own things. Like one of our founders that from that weekend, they went to medical school. Um, another founder moved across internationally. So um, Clayton and Danielle really just truly believed in that mission. And I remember at the startup weekend, Clayton was the one person who challenged me. He was someone who said, hey, like, why are we focusing on the market we're focusing on? There's a whole other market here. And he really, really forced me to explain all of my ideas and also like have proof for my ideas. And that's so important. And Danielle's one of those people that just 
glues people together. Um, she's very, very um, just people driven. That was what I noticed about her at that startup weekend. Um, and so she's been really, really, really helpful with like the networking side of things and just being connected to the Columbus community. And I think they stuck around just because I don't know, like, I think they just they like I said, they live out their mission. Like Danielle is the president of Driven, a nonprofit. Um, grown from Ohio State football players. Um, Clayton serves in his community wherever he goes and he travels all across the world. Um, So I think when you have founders who want the product to come to life because they know it's going to make the world a better place, like they're going to want to see it happen. Of course. Your idea is very people-driven because the whole business model is getting volunteers um, to go to nonprofits and actually give their time. Yeah. But- sharing that passion, sharing an idea with others is also like a challenge of its own. So how was it like for you, um, like as a young college student to have this crazy big idea that you thought um, was a necessity within the college um, ecosystem and like, yeah. sharing that with other students, with faculty, like what was that like personally for you? Um, it was scary, honestly. Um, I am going into medical school, right? I'm a STEM major. Uh, entrepreneurship wasn't really in the cards for me when I came to college. Uh, but having this idea and pitching it to my eminence um, advisor, you know, that was like the first moment where I had to like take a step out of my comfort zone and really just like put myself out there. Um, and that was nerve wracking. But um, I think having support was really important. And having people who kind of understood and were rooting for me. Um, And then like going to the first Columbus startup weekend, you know, like I always tell people, I just got to Columbus the week before. I literally took an Uber into a random city and I just like walked out into this like random insurance building. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm pitching this to a room full of strangers. And like, I think I'm someone who really feeds off the energy of other people. So when I saw people's heads nodding and like people like really like asking me questions about the idea, um, I just felt more comfortable. And like before each pitch, I get really nervous. But once I'm on stage, like I feel very comfortable. So I think that's just been something to like get through each time. Completely. And you mentioned that like entrepreneurship wasn't in the cards for you as you went to campus, but it seemed like the, the minute you stepped on campus, that ended up happening. Yeah. So you didn't always want to be an entrepreneur, but now that you are, how is that perspective like as a student entrepreneur? Because of course, just like student athletes, the student part has to um, come first in, in a lot of ways, unless that venture really taken off. So mm-hmm. how is it managing that um, while I was a college student? Um, it was a lot of give and, give and take. So there were moments when, you know, the startup was my entire focus. And then there were moments when the OCHEM exam I had coming up was my entire focus. And being able to prioritize things was something that I learned really well in college. Um, and it's something that I've carried with me into like my career right now. You know, like when I'm doing research, I have to prioritize certain um, data locks and things like that that go on um, in my job. And that's something I just like learned in college because I was forced to like really spread myself in. Um, and I would say it's not something for the weak of heart. Like you have to really love what you're doing and you have to really understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I would say like when I think back on college, I just remember it being an intermix of, you know, going to STEM classes and then going to startup weekends and just flipping back and forth um, between the two. But I would say like I'm really glad I got that experience to supplement my medical education just because going into medical school, I know now, like, I want to use the education I have to, like, 
build a new product maybe in the medical sphere or like go into medical administration. So I think there's definitely ways to like meld both. Gotcha. And what's interesting is that when people talk about entrepreneurship, most people believe that like, oh, you have to go to business school if you want to be an entrepreneur. You have to be in a certain ecosphere to mm-hmm. get into that industry. But what people don't know is that or don't realize is you need to have certain skills, certain passions that aren't just like business and profitability. That's what a startup is. And that's what creating an actual existing venture um, physically is. And so I love seeing people in the STEM industry and people um, that are engineering, whatever it may be, getting into entrepreneurship and and being a startup um, founder and, and getting into starting ventures and all that different stuff. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, like what are either some skills that you like maybe didn't expect you had to learn on the fly uh, that really helped you um, throughout these past four years? Um, I would say, so something I was really resistant to coming into college was research. And this is really surprising when I tell people that because like a really big pillar of medicine is research. And I didn't learn research through like a lab. I learned research through my founding experience, Um, just going out and doing like customer validation and learning how to ask questions without being leading. Um, Things like that were really key to developing my research skills. Um, Something that I'm teaching my team right now is the concept of in the lean startup, um, where you basically are testing a hypothesis when you're going in with the startup. So understanding like how to test this hypothesis and what the key metrics are to really measure your company's success or failure um, is really, really important. So research would be one. Um, Another one would be networking. Um, And that was something that I think PBA was really cool with. Um, They basically like set us all in a room and they were like, hey, like sit around in a circle and tell people what your asks are. So like an an ask would be, hey, I'm looking for like a developer. Do you know anyone who can um, who you can connect me with? But I had never approached networking like that. Um, I'd always just thought about it as like a conversation between two people, but not really like me putting myself out there to ask something of someone and also giving someone something in return. So being comfortable with doing that has been really cool just because when I talk to maybe like an investor or if I talk to someone in a a competition, you never know what contacts they have. You never know what background they have. Um, And that's how some of my coolest um, connections have come about. So definitely networking as well. Yeah, networking, even though it's a, it's a word and term that's thrown around, around a lot. And so some people are like, oh, like networking, like it seems so fake and whatnot, but it truly just is relationship building. Mm-hmm. And like myself with, with doing things like this, it's so awesome for me to be able to have these conversations with, with founders and to meet other people that are trying to do similar things. And that's what um, Boost Camp allowed for everybody is that you were all yeah. in a room, you were all together Um at a common goal, a common mission, but in in your own way. And even though you were competing, everybody wanted the best for everybody's venture. Everyone wanted success um, for everybody if it was possible. Yeah. And so that's that's a unique circumstance to be in, um, like as a college student to have like, okay, this is 34 teams or whatever it was. They each have three to five team members um, and they want to make something big. Like put mm-hmm. them all in a room. What do they have to share in common? What do they have to be able to offer to each other. And, and like you said, putting everybody in a circle and saying like, Hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this really offers like a true advantage to connect and, and people wanted to help, which is also like a key point to add. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So 
let's stay on boost camp for a little bit because um, it's of course a, a new idea. This is the first kind of official cohort um, that's existing. So let's, let's stick with that community aspect. Like what did the community mean to you besides just um, the networking and having that availability, like just the communication with other people that were like, had empathy towards what you were doing. Because if you talk to kind of normal college friends, like, what are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. what a, you want to create this venture? Like, what does that even mean? And they don't have empathy towards what you're building. So what was that like for you? Um, it was really interesting. I think it was something that I hadn't really experienced in previous accelerators. Um, maybe because they were online or maybe because, you know, it, it was really, really competitive. But I think Boost was competitive, but it was also like, interesting because people really wanted to help each other out so like I'm thinking about like green scope consulting or um just like other nonprofit oriented ventures like c3d um those are two like ventures from boost that are going to be hopefully on our beta this fall so I mean like they really were curious about the idea they had like feedback and advice um and I also remember talking to a bunch of different other startups like closer to the pitch time and getting advice um on my pitch and just refining my pitch that way one of my current team members Lucas Ty he came from another venture um so definitely like PBA really wanted people to support one another, which I think is really important for entrepreneurship, not to be like so cutthroat about everything. Yeah. And what's super cool is that in the next cohort, um, just as they have like the president's prize winners in this one, you guys will be like popping in and yeah. people will be able to ask you questions like, Hey, how'd you win? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? And so that'll be like a unique thing as well, because it's not just like, Hey, everybody, this is the first time this is what we're working with. It, it, it allows an opportunity for, more collaboration, but also from a leadership perspective, like, Hey, you have experience. Like this is my first time in the cohort. Like, what can you tell me to help me along with this process to give me the best chance to mold my idea into an actual existing, um, venture. So, yeah, exactly. And I'm actually like really excited for that aspect. Something I really enjoyed during my time at Ohio state is just like mentoring other students. And that's what I love the most about my team. So that's something really cool that PBA offers. Speaking of mentorship, everyone was paired up with an XR. Like, what was that personal relationship like? Because um, not every accelerator that exists offers that one-on-one mm-hmm. executive with students um, kind of collaboration. Yeah. Um, so my XIR was Tess Mateo. And it was a really, really interesting experience having her as my XIR. Um I remember, so we were just coming out of that, like, kind of lag phase, like the valley of death, right? So Servus, like, my team was really exhausted. And we kind of came into this meeting a little bit defeated. And we're like, okay, like, I wonder what our XIR is going to say. Probably the same thing that every, like, VC or whoever who hears about our idea says, like, where's your business model, right? Um, And she actually was, like, listening to Clayton, who was in the meeting, um, his background, um, and he was somewhere in the world at this point, and my background, you know, like in the middle of like doing the MCAT and things like that. And she was like, okay, you guys have like pretty interesting plans. Like how can service grow with you? And that was the first time I had ever really encountered that question. Most people, when they hear, like, I'm going to medical school, they're like, oh, like, are you going to do medical school or are you going to do your venture? But she was like, no, like, you can go to medical school and you can be a founder. And for Clayton, she was like, you can travel and you can um, keep your idea with you and maybe take it to different, like, countries. And so 
she was really a source of inspiration. Um, and then after that, you know, she helped motivate my team. Um, she had background in the United Nations and she brought that expertise to us. Um, and so we actually pivoted to include metrics on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals um, to help students understand their impact on their community. Um, so that was really cool. And I actually ended up going to New York where Tess was located. She was always virtual. Um, and just meeting up with her and grabbing lunch with her and or not grabbing lunch, she recommended places to go to lunch, but she drove me all around the city, which was really cool. Um, so I think like having that XIR was a really valuable experience for us. That That's so awesome. Um, it's very undervalued, I believe, like the opportunity to be able, and it's, it's what you make of it. The mm-hmm. fact that you went to see Tess, um, that you were able to create that relationship and really foster that. And it wasn't just like, okay, I have a meeting once a week. Like, what are they going to report this time? It's more of like, how can I make this an opportunity that I can really grow from? Cause not every, not every student is like as excited and willing to put forth that effort towards such relationship. Totally. Totally. So I, I really want to get your take on not only pitching more of the big day, like think about the, mm-hmm. April, I think it was like April 7th or something like that. April 6th. It was, it's ingrained in your brain forever. Um, Tensions were high. And of course Mm -hmm. they had the first original pitch and that was more of like, okay, like try your best. If you're one of the 10, like that's great. And you're one of the 10. And so then you move on to this big day and there's a crowd now. It's not just the judges in a room. It's Mm -hmm. a couple hundred people um, in a big location and all eyes are on you. So what was it like mentally for you and your team preparing for that pitch, but also like on the big day, what were you feeling? Oh my God, the nerves I felt. Um, I remember just like, I was fasting that day. So I was like, am I going to pass out when I'm on stage? Like I was honestly genuinely nervous about that. Um, So there were a lot of nerves involved, but I remember my team before we went on stage, we all got in a circle and we huddled up and we just said encouraging words. Um, and that was just really reassuring. And then I am a big Grey's Anatomy fan. So this is kind of cheesy, but um, Amelia in Grey's Anatomy, she does this pose um, called the warrior pose. And it's supposed to lower your cortisol levels um, and make you feel more confident. So I did that before I got on stage. And walking on stage felt like any other time I've walked on stage where it took me a second, but I got into my groove and I felt energy from the crowd. Um, and a lot of my friends from Cincinnati actually came up and were there. My stepdad was there. My mom was there. So having people in the crowd that supported me really helped. Um, and I literally was just like looking my best friend, looking at my best friend the entire time. So just knowing I was in a room full of people who cared and loved about loved me and knowing that um, I had a team that supported me was just really crucial to that. Okay, so you did your pitch. Um, you gave your you gave your time, and then, of course, the delegation happens. The judges <laughs> go into a room. They yeah. they they talk start talking about scores and this and that, and then um, they they come out. They have an envelope. It's got names on it, and they start reading people off. Like <laughs> the tension was high, but then, of course, ultimately your name was called. So, what was yeah. it like for you to hear that? Like those that that two words serve us announced that day. Oh my gosh. I had no thoughts. I literally jumped up and like ran to Brutus. Like, I don't know why that was my first thought. (laughs) And literally like passed the big check that everyone was like ready to give to me straight into his arms. And literally my friends like still make fun of me to this day about that. (laughs) So that was my initial reaction. But honestly, like it was just a moment of validation for me. 
and my team that everything we had done for four years mattered and someone was actually listening. And the person who mattered the most, Ohio State, the person who we wanted our product to be at, like they cared about what we were doing. So it was a really, really cool moment. Probably one of the best in my life. Of course. And then you move on like the the big high wears off. It's <laughs> the next day, a couple of days after, maybe a week. And you decide, okay, like this is real. We won. What's next? Like what was that conversation with your team <laughs> and internally? Um. So we actually, it was like that night we went out to dinner and I remember a neat beer on my team. He was like, so what do we do now? Like that was literally immediate. Like my team was like ready to go immediately. Um, but yeah, we, we knew that we just needed to create this MVP and just get rolling. So we just started to figure out the next steps for that. So what is that MVP looking like? Like, what are you looking for? You mentioned that you want to, you're launching hopefully by the school year and then you're of course going to expand um, to possibly other universities by mm-hmm. January, but like what is involved in like the technical work to make that happen? Yeah. So that's been like a really interesting process. Um, we, this summer, we were in life-changing labs accelerator through Cornell and that was really interesting. We basically had a bunch of mentors and they helped us kind of work through the idea from validation. We got like 200 surveys out during PB or the President's Buckeye Accelerator. Um, and so we used that data to really understand um, what we wanted our MVP to look like. So Life Changing Labs helped us. And then we applied for Code Launch Accelerator in which we're finalists. So they are actually going to code our MVP for free um, on August 21st. So our team got together this past weekend um, after working all summer on just um, crafting a list of nonprofits and doing a lot of outreach um, and just gearing up for this. And we worked with Relay, a team that helps um, founders basically take their idea from zero to one. So really get us product ready. And we just basically flushed out who our customer was, um, who we wanted the service to be towards and that was actually a difficult question because we didn't know if we wanted it to be for universities or nonprofits or students um, and then we just worked out a feature list so now we're going to be having um, code launch basically create that for us and we have a pretty cool designer peter campanelli on board and he's going to help with the visuals of the website um, and so on august 21st we're going to be in a full day hackathon um, for august 21st and august 22nd And then on August 25th, we'll have an MVP ready to pitch for a code launch and hopefully um, launch that to Ohio State. Awesome. And then finally, like we're talking about the the next near future, but what do you see (laughs) the overall vision in a year or a couple of years that serve us will leave, like the impact that you hope for it to make? Um, So our vision is to see a world where students are leading the way towards a sustainable 2050. And what that looks like is really, really empowering students to engage with their communities and find projects that they care about and work on those projects and hopefully take the skills that they learn and take them to corporate jobs or medicine or being a lawyer, Um, just really being civic-minded. So crafting that new generation of civic-minded individuals. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for, for speaking with, with me today. It's been really insightful because, of course, the, the, typical, the fo- typical founder, typical venture um, may not have that social enterprise in mind, but specifically working with other nonprofit organizations and other founders specifically is a really interesting perspective 
um, they're able to bring. So I just appreciate you giving your, um, your opinions and, and your experience um, to all the people listening. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me too. Awesome. Well, that's it. That's it for today and look forward to the next venture.